I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, August 30th. Let's start with the in case you missed it portion and then go on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, so it is officially week one of college football season. So obviously we'll be touching on college football. We'll hit on some baseball and definitely some golf and actually a little bit of soccer and some tennis. So let's go ahead and get started. Actually, all of my baseball news today just so happens to be about the New York Mets. No idea why that happened, but it happened. So let's go ahead and start with the fact that Mets players are starting to get pissed because their fans are booing them when they strike out or struggle at the plate. The players have flat out had enough. So on Sunday, shortstop Javier Baez gave the thumbs down to the crowd after he hit a home run basically because he was successful and they didn't boo him. And he actually joins the likes of Kevin Piller and Francisco Lindor, who also did the same thing after their hits yesterday. Now, are the fans out of line? Look, the fans are pissed because they've gone 9-20 and 20 since the trade deadline, which is actually when Baez joined the team. And so they've definitely fallen off the playoff picture and fans are frustrated. But now they're making their players frustrated too, and no one's going to win that. Like I said, sticking with the Mets, Noah Syndergaard, their right-handed pitcher, tested positive for COVID yesterday despite being vaccinated. Syndergaard has not pitched in the majors since September 29th of 2019, obviously due to the COVID shutdown. And then he actually had Tommy John surgery and has been working his way back through rehab until he tested positive. He was actually supposed to throw yesterday in single A. So that's the minors. The Mets have retired number 36 in honor of their left-handed pitcher, Jerry Kuzman. 
He played for the Mets from 1967 to 1978 and won the World Series with the team in 1969. His is the fifth number to be retired by the team. And finally, rounding out all of my Mets MLB news today, the Mets versus the Marlins game that was scheduled for yesterday only saw nine pitches before the game was called due to rain, and that game has been rescheduled for Tuesday. All right, moving on to college football. So college football season really gets into full swing this week with week one. So let's get ready because it's going to be action packed. We have five ranked first ranked games and top 25 games spread over four days this week. Thank you, Labor Day weekend. We even have a power five matchup on Monday. College game day is scheduled to be at what some people consider could be a playoff preview, which is number five, Georgia at number three, Clemson. I will get into who those ranked first ranked games are and the games you must watch in the what to watch this upcoming weekend portion of this podcast. So doing a quick recap of week zero, which really only had a couple of games playing. Week zero saw another loss for the Cornhuskers. And I say another because they just have not had a good record the last couple of years under head coach Scott Frost. And they even lost to Illinois after the fighting Illini lost their starting quarterback in the first quarter. Before this, Nebraska had never lost in the month of August. And head coach Scott Frost seems to like his butt being on fire because he is definitely in the hot seat this season and week one showed no improvement. The teams from Louisiana had to relocate due to Hurricane Ida hitting their home state. LSU was relocated to Houston and they will play UCLA on Saturday. Tulane was relocated to Alabama who plays Oklahoma on Saturday. However, the Raging Cajuns did not relocate as they are scheduled to play Texas week one, but they're in Lafayette, which was east of the path of Hurricane Ida. Hurricane Ida did hit shores of New Orleans last night, so we are praying for everyone in that city. Hurricane Katrina also hit that same state in that same area in 2005 on the same day. I'm actually going to skip NFL news for this week because their season doesn't start until next Thursday, so I'll hit it pretty heavily in the next podcast. But just so you know, they do start Thursday, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are the reigning Super Bowl champs. So as college football and NFL season ramp up, the PGA Tour season ramps down. I have two wins to report from the FedEx Cup playoffs, which I explained last week. But the Northern Trust did not finish until Monday due to Tropical Storm Henri. And Tony Finau won for the first time since 2016. That is 1,975 days since his last win. Don't worry, I didn't count that. ESPN counted. You still may recognize Tony's name, even though he hasn't won a tournament since 2016, because he's had 40 top 10 finishes and 8 runner-up finishes. That is only second to Louis Oosthuizen with 11 runner-up positions. So that ended Monday in New York, and then we had the BMW Championship being held in Maryland, which started on Thursday and finished last night. And it was epic. Bryson DeChambeau looked unstoppable, especially after shooting a career low of 60 on Friday. He missed a six-foot putt or under to join the coveted 59 club. 
I did actually link that video in my blog post if you want to go and check it out. But for those of you who don't know, he would have been the 12th person to shoot 59 ever in the history of pro golf. No one has shot 59 this year. The last person to do it was Scotty Scheffler actually last year during the FedEx Cup playoffs at the Northern Trust. Needless to say, Bryson DeChambeau was at the top of the leaderboard and was looking like he could win it all this weekend. However, Patrick Cantlay had something to say about that. He made so many clutch must-have putts, including a birdie on the 18th to force a playoff in the second FedEx Cup playoff. Cantlay and DeChambeau went six extra holes before Cantlay had another impressive putt for birdie to clinch the win. Not only does Patrick Cantlay get a nice bonus for winning the BMW championship, he also gets to start three strokes ahead of Bryson at the Tour Championship, which is the final tournament of the 2020-21 season. This win also clinched Cantlay's spot on the Ryder Cup for Team USA. Moving on to Olympic sports, the Paralympics are in full swing with the closing ceremonies ending the games on Sunday. Team USA currently has 49 medals in total, of which 18 are gold. We currently sit fifth in medal rankings after China, who leads the way in both categories with 119 medals and 54 golds, followed by GBR, RPC, which is Russia, and Ukraine. Swimming has been the most lucrative so far for Team USA, winning eight golds. One of the most famous Paralympians, Jessica Long, brought home gold in the women's 200-meter IM. And similar to the Olympics, swimming competes first, then track and field. I know I can't be the only person who's seen that Xfinity commercial with defending Paralympic gold medalist David Brown in it when he competes for the 100 meters with his partner. And he competes in the 100 meters T11 tomorrow in the heats, and the final will run on Thursday. He is the only blind man to have run under 11 seconds in the 100 meters. I also want to go ahead and drop a hashtag girlfriend hint here. The letter and number next to each Paralympic event indicates what type of disability the athletes in that event have and to what degree. So there are 10 impairments and then there's degrees of those impairments. I'm not going to list them out, but you can check out the blog if you want to know more. USA Olympic all-around gold medalist Suni Lee will also be competing on Dancing with the Stars this season. She also just started her freshman year at Auburn, so I guess she won't be studying very hard this season. (laughs) I couldn't not talk about soccer this week because Cristiano Ronaldo is now heading back to Man U. This comes just one week after he said he would not leave Juventus. Ronaldo took a 15 million euro deal to return to Old Trafford. Ronaldo actually previously played for Man U from 2003 to 2009 before leaving to go to Real Madrid from 2009 to 2018. Needless to say, people in Man U are very excited to have Ronaldo back. And finally, some tennis. The U.S. Open begins today, and if you want to attend, you'll have to have your vaccine, but capacity is back to 100%, which is huge seeing as last year they allowed no fans. There are some major names missing from this one, however. Serena and Venus Williams, Roger Federer, and Rafael Nadal will all not be in attendance. Those four include 17 singles titles in slams. 
However, Djokovic is still there and chasing the calendar slam, which if he wins this tournament, he will achieve. Only five other tennis players in history have completed the calendar slam. But he hasn't played a match since losing the bronze medal in Tokyo, dashing his hopes for the golden slam. Naomi Osaka headlines the women's side, and she won two of the last three U.S. Opens. I would consider her the favorite, although Ash Barty plans to give her a run for her money as well. Okay, now let's go over what to watch this weekend. Obviously headlined by college football, the top Five games I'm going to give you are all ranked versus ranked opponents starting on Saturday at 11 a.m. with Penn State versus Wisconsin. Then you have Alabama versus Miami at 2.30, Indiana versus Iowa also at 2.30, the Raging Cajuns versus Texas at 3.30, and finally Georgia versus Clemson on game day at 6.30 p.m. I also am going to start doing an upset watch, which is basically what I would consider my super dog. I would look at San Jose State versus USC. USC is currently favored by 14, and San Jose State put up a huge number last week. They've also had a week to practice, whereas USC hasn't played a game yet. LSU versus UCLA, I think, is going to be a super close game. LSU is favored by three and a half. And Fresno State versus Oregon, I think, could be really interesting. Again, Fresno State played last week and put up an impressive number. I believe they won 45 to zip. And Oregon hasn't played in a while, and I think they might be a little overrated, going from unranked to number 10 preseason. For all the other top 25 games and some games when you're bored, which means they're played at really random times, or if you're a friend of mine and want your game added to the team member games, please check out the blog. Obviously, golf is also at the top of the list of things to watch this week and weekend as the PGA Tour season does finish out with the Tour Championship. This tournament is played at Eastlake. If you remember when Tiger won a couple of years ago with all the fans that followed him down that final fairway, that is this course. $14 million in cash is on the line, and we start on Thursday at noon on Golf Channel, and then you'll find it on NBC over the weekend. Hitting a little bit of motorsports for you, Formula One returns on Sunday at 8 a.m. with the Netherlands Grand Prix as well as NASCAR has their first playoff event at 5 p.m. on NBC. Obviously, the Paralympics continue this week, and on NBC Sports Network, there's a best-of-day kind of highlight reel that happens pretty much at 10 a.m. every day. In Europe, FIFA World Cup qualifying games have already started, and there's two games on this week. Norway versus the Netherlands on Wednesday, and England versus Andorra on Sunday. Round one through the round of 16 of the U.S. Open for tennis will be on ESPN and ESPN2 pretty much at 11 a.m. every morning and 5 p.m. every evening, and that includes, that goes through Labor Day weekend. And with that, we round out the month of August, and I hope everyone has a lovely Labor Day weekend. I will not be back on Monday as I also get Labor Day off, so the podcast will be on Tuesday next week. In the meantime, check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, if you need anything, and I'll see y'all next Tuesday.